It's actually really comfortable. Like uh, the way you're leaning back. This chair. It looks, I won't lie to you, that chair looks like a chair someone would have uh, so people could look at it, not to sit in it. Yeah, it's the original Ikea Poang. Oh, you, but you think it's not comfortable? I don't know. I've never sat in it. Right. But I've walked past it and been like, that's not a real chair. That's like, you know how people have baskets that their great grandmothers yeah. weaved in their uh, houses? I thought like maybe it was like a, a family heirloom. <laughs> you know, someone... chairs are actually, I would, I would argue, are we recording? Is this going to make it into the show? Uh, yeah, it could. Who knows? Welcome, welcome, to the, welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome back to America. Welcome. <laughs> Is that the name of the show? Uh, yeah, travel, golf, comedy, and and welcome back to the United States. declaring things at customs. Yeah, thanks to uh, Precision Pro for making the show possible. PrecisionProGolf.com slash Eric, or no, just use the code Eric. Eric with a K, twenty dollars off your next range. My head is just a uh, salad of discount codes. <laughs> <laughs> just a word salad. I can't even remember. Okay, well, so now that we're officially recording the podcast. Um, I would argue that chairs uh-huh. are one of the few things in the world that they have to function. Like in the sense that they're not purely aesthetic. They have to be comfortable. But more than most things, I think they also really have to look good. What's, uh, what, what does a bad chair look like? <laughs> truly, truly wondering. What does a bad chair look yeah. like? What, like, I mean, that's such a tough question to answer. <laughs> you know the chair in The Godfather? Oh, that um, this is a specific. It's a it's a deep cut chair uh, yeah. moment. Okay. But that Fredo is sitting in when Michael confronts him, and he's like he's, he's like leaning back and he's, he's trying kind of, to sit up and he can't sit up. Yeah, he kind of slumps down in the he's, chair. He slumps down in the chair. Yeah, you don't want that. Kind that's of chair. a bad chair. Yeah. Yeah, good chair, the throne, iron iron throne, good chair, bad chair. I mean, great chair. Yeah, great. you went to Europe and to story. Asia, and Game of Thrones is back. Things have changed since you've been away. I watched half of the first episode last night. I got so I got back mm-hmm. from this three week jaunt last night, and when I got back, I texted JoJo and said, "Do you want to watch Formula One and podcast on Sunday?" You were like, "Yeah." We I got back on Friday night, and um, yeah, pretty severe jet lag. But I watched the first half of House of Hot D. Dragon. That's what he. That's what he calls it. Hot D. Hot D. House Who, of the Dragon. Who's he? George R. R. Martin. That's what he calls it. Oh, really? Yeah. He does not call it Hot he D. He calls it. Yeah. That's. I'm. I'm in the know. I. I read the trades. Does he really? Yeah. He calls it Hot D. Hot D. I mean, out of context, could be different. It, yeah. I mean, it could be a Vietnamese dong. It could be yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're you're caught up on the. Uh, it's currency. my. It's my job to edit those podcasts. Currency comedy. <laughs> How much did you edit out of the last podcast? I didn't. I never. I don't take things out anymore. You know. You I've, put things I've, in. I've adopted a new editorial strategy. <laughs> you're, just like, you're just like adding in like JoJo's takes. Just asterisks, yeah. You should put in things where you're like, you should put in, you know what you should do is you should mm-hmm. make a sound that when we hear it, we all know that you considered cutting something out. Oh, I like uh, like a little bit. Yeah. Like, it could just be a thing that like, it's total inside joke for this podcast. Mm-hmm. It could almost be like a meow. Just a little cat a being small like, animal noise. Just like a little whistle or something. Or it could be the noise of like a, excuse me, sir. <laughs> like it could be like an old banker from an old movie. If you're hearing that, um, you probably would hear it a lot then, you know? I, I consider cutting a lot of things How often out. do you consider cutting and not cut? Uh, I would say that 50%, coin flip. You know, really? 50-50? 50-50. Like wow. either cut a thing or if I'm considering it. You know, I'm yeah. kind of like an F1 race director. I don't make decisions. <laughs> I, I don't know. Someone yeah, else makes it. under review. 
Yeah, the it's, stewards, the, the podcast stewards yeah, will get back to it's you. It's mostly under review. Um, I want to talk about competition in general because we just watched this. We won't talk about F1 because it's a golf travel comedy pod. But the FedEx Cup has also happened. And we just live in a place where people people are in charge of making good sports fun to watch or bad at it. Yeah, I mean, hot D. <laughs> Right there. There's I mean, a lot of hot D going on there. There's a lot of hot D in and this And I totally board. agree. It shouldn't be that hard. Like, I, I would say that the primary goal for all sports watching should be to make it as competitive and interesting as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Pretty simple. Even like, you know, I'm not even like, you know, the, the last minute of a basketball game. Mm -hmm. What's going on? What the hell? <laughs> and in the last five years, they've made it longer. It's even worse. They're like, you know, we need more reviews. Yeah. It's funny because we did watch the Monza race mm -hmm. just now. We just watched it. And um, look, no spoilers are going to occur, really. We won't need to name the winner. But um, the last, I haven't really watched much of the season, maybe two or three races. Mm -hmm. We've got five left. I finally tuned in to watch Monza. I was so excited. And of course, they fucking finished the race with five laps of a safety car. Yeah, and it was a great race up until that good, point. Yeah. Like a lot, an incredible number of overtakes. Yeah. And then. Yeah, and it's just a nothing at the end. And we were making a joke about, um, while we were watching it, we were making a joke about um, how, what, what, what were we, what was the parallel? What, no, we wouldn't end uh, oh, yeah. a soccer When you finish a soccer game, they mm -hmm. add time. Mm -hmm. Like there's all these like ridiculous, and not like we're here to like break down Formula One because those of you that don't watch it, you know, first of all, get into it. Maybe last year, too late. But. Yeah, we're not really making a case for it right now, but <laughs> it, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. But golf's the same way. But it did make us think about golf and talk about golf for a second because it's like, yeah, I don't know. I guess in the FedEx Cup now, some someone started at 10 under on yeah. the first tee. How does that work? Yeah, so so you get a certain number of FedEx Cup, cup points throughout the year. You're, you know this. Look, I had cares? to learn. It's this. too late. It's no one cares. It's already happened, but it sucks. If you haven't. A point. Like, it should be match play. Yeah, I just don't understand. It should be the best players in the world at the end of the year. Yeah. Going into match play. I think um, the, yeah, I think it should be 54 holes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. What, what do I say? What's, yeah. what's, the, what's the code word? <laughs> Afraid not. Okay. I got a, I got a quick, I'm going to hit you with a quick list of travel related questions. Travel related questions. Yeah. Best flight, worst flight. Um, like in general, like like criteria wise, no, or the from last, this trip of the last month. Yeah, what was the best flight you you took? What was the worst? Flight? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, well, so I'm a United flyer by sure. choice, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a customer. Um, I was before Adventures in Golf. So when mm -hmm. United came out to sponsor the show, it was kind of like, Dad, <laughs> like, are you proud of me of all the points I've accrued? Yeah, I like couldn't tell. Um, but that said, it is really fun to fly on non. United Airlines, mm -hmm. um, because there are obviously some portions of the world that United doesn't service. For example, um, Munich to Saigon. Wow, that's a trip. Yeah. United's not taking that one? United doesn't fly there. Is United flying to Bulgaria? No. Can't imagine. No, that was, um, uh, Bulgaria was Bulgarian Air, actually. What there, are the chances? There you go. Yeah. Although we did have a fun, there was a fun, <laughs> there was a fun flight in the beginning, so... Um, we went to the island of uh, Uland, mm -hmm. which is A with a circle on top of it, A-L-A-N-D-S, but it's pronounced Uland. Some real hot D kind of name yeah. right there. Yeah, I don't know how I would say it without that. I would call it A-Lands. A-Lands. By the way, we went to a 
fashion store in Seoul called A-Land. It really comes full circle. A fashion store. What am I talking about? And anyway, to go to this island, you need to take a 10-seater airplane on Nix Air, NYX. You can't find it. Mm-hmm. it. I don't know how you book the flights. And um, there's a flight from Sweden to Uland. And then there's a flight from Uland to Turku, Finland. And we ended up going to Finland and we booked a flight from Finland back to Sweden and we didn't realize it. But it was the same flight that flew to Uland and then we just stayed on the plane for like seven minutes while two people got on. It was like a bus. So it was like a, it was a commuter flight. It was an Uber pool with wings. <laughs> <laughs> they give you, yeah, they have water bottles they could offer you on the way. Yeah. And here's like the, you know, speaking of flights, like I have, um, we've never sat together on a plane. No, I, I, I sit in, you know, with, with everyone else. <laughs> uh, okay. That's not what I was getting at, but I sit, I sit coach. No, yeah, very you, you do, you do coach a lot. Yeah. I get, you know, I'm lucky I'm making, enough to I'm get upgraded every once in a while. We've flown across the Atlantic together. We, we go on places. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I'm they an old man. They put me in the luggage hole. I'm an old man. I'm 41. That's true. I can have some hot D when it comes to the cat. hundred percent true. Yeah. Um, but no, but you're I, like um, a talker. Is that what you're getting at? You talk to people when you sit next to them? Oh, actually plane? very rarely. Oh, really? No, I don't. I no. thought you were out there just making connections. You don't Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes. But no, I was going to say, um, recently have gotten over my fear of flying. You're, you have... Um, Eradicated it. You have... I forget the exact term, but it's like a, a rack of... It's not arachnophobia. That's spiders, but... That would be spiders. Yeah. There's ag- ag- agronophobia. I'm not, not afraid of spiders, but I don't have arachnophobia. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> just spiders on planes. What if I was arachno aviation... A- avia, avia arachnophobia. It's, that's, that's when you're scared that you'll go up to the cockpit to thank the captain, <laughs> but he's a spider. <laughs> Dude, a spider flying a plane. We get to press so many buttons. I would think it could be an upgrade. You could probably get away with just having one person up front. Yeah, one uh, one arachnid. Yeah. Uh, in the cockpit. And yeah. Anyway, I think. Uh, anyway, I got I got over my fear of flying. So this mm-hmm. was a great trip because I was able to fly. Um, you know, anti anxiety pills didn't need them. When you say you got over it, you make it sound like it was a light switch moment. It actually kind of was. I don't know what really happened. I think it was that. I, I think it weirdly enough. I think it was that. I, somewhere over the past year, I've realized that dying probably isn't that bad. <laughs> like, like, like being dead or the experience of dying. I think the experience of the afterlife okay. might actually might actually be an upgrade. Did you like take a look in your karma portfolio and you're like, you know what? I, I think like, I'm good. I'm up. <laughs> I'm up. Yeah. Birth to date. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> this fiscal year, actually, my karma <laughs> score. speaking. Yeah, I don't know. I just Something happened where I just was like, you know what? Maybe, I, I think it was some like metaphysical, like like spiritual understanding. I think I read something somewhere that made me feel like maybe the afterlife is the shit. And the downstream effect was flying was no longer scary because the, yeah. the, the fear of flying was a fear of dying. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't want to die because I had stuff to do. Now I'm kind of like, well, this stuff can wait. Like I'm going, I'm going somewhere better. Like it wasn't like full Christian, but I was kind of like, maybe, maybe Jesus is like, I got a seat for you up here. You had a theological, theological experience yeah. with the Airbus. I think I did. I think, I think I'm, they should, I'm surprised there's no religious airline, by the way. That'd be really good. Wow. Like think about that, a religious airline where it's like you get on and you're like, yeah. welcome. Uh, look, here's the deal. We may crash. I think that's Scientology. But that could be a good thing. I think thing. that's what you're describing. <laughs> Just a religious airline. Yeah. 
So that's been really exciting, mm-hmm. right? Is now and and there was another moment on the trip too where I thought I was going to die, um, and I was totally fine with it. It was um, it, we uh, our hotel in Saigon had a pool on the roof, and um, it was open despite the fact that there was an electrical storm <laughs> happening, like lightning. <laughs> and I was swimming, and I was just like, Fuck. it was raining in the pool. Well, this just sounds reckless. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and so I was in the pool and I watched a bolt of lightning like yeah. strike down. This is crazy. This happened to my girlfriend and I um, a week Wait, ago. Wait, really? Yeah. We Wait, were, maybe it was the same day. It was on Wednesday or Tuesday of this past week. Okay, different day, but different close. Day, yeah. Mine was like Monday. It's definitely not the same lightning bolt. We were different sides of the world. That would have been crazy. Yeah, that, that I, was one busy know, lightning dude. bolt. Yeah. You never know. Never strikes the same place twice. We, we don't know how lightning bolts work. Let's, <laughs> let's face it. You and I, we don't know. You're not wrong. Like, but it probably wasn't. Did it? So you saw the lightning bolt come down, and was it the exact same time as the thunder? Like, did you no, have that experience? Was, no, I don't think I heard the thunder. You didn't hear? The, oh, well, that I think that means eye of the storm. I think you were. <laughs> I think you were. In it. Well, anyway, when I saw the lightning bolt and I'm in the pool, I was like, "Should I get out?" Mm-hmm. And then the voice appeared that was like, "Are you kidding me? This is a great way to die." Oh my god. Like it's not what I thought the voice was going to say. I just read the headline. I was like, Eric Lang, Eric Lang, yeah, died. Eric A. Lang in a swimming in an electrical storm in Saigon. He was forty-one. He had accomplished I don't know half of everything that he said he would, maybe a third. But anyway, I just thought about. I was like, I'm okay with that. I forget which uh, artist, which musical artist had a fear of being on a plane with someone more famous than them and it going down. That might've been me. <laughs> <laughs> you mean being the, you mean being the opening act? Yeah. Being the in subheader death? in the, in the obit uh, column. Like you get up to heaven and they're like, welcome. And now, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, Oh, but Hey, can you uh, go in and warm the, yeah. uh, the angels up They're They're doing like a pre-chorus. <laughs> they just need to get in tune. Although I'll bet in heaven, everyone's, like I think in heaven it all equalizes. I think uh, if there is a heaven, there are two doors, and one of them is come hang out, and the other is go back down to earth. And the come hang out one, there's a door at the end of that one, which is also come back down to earth. So it's basically like a pit stop. So like you're on the track. Oh, you think you can go back to earth? Oh, you can definitely go back to earth. That's tight. That's the plan. So that's even better. Yeah, I that's like what your I'm saying. Now. I think I think that, and again, I think that there's it's almost an illusion of choice. But you have the option to wait. Like you can go up there wow. and and experience the life you had already been living, and resonate with that and think about that. And you can do that for as long as you want. So you're a fan of Bourdain. Yes. Have you? One of the reasons I wanted to work with you is because I was a fan of Bourdain. Oh, really? Yeah. We uh, that was that was very evident from when I reached out to Random Golf Club a while ago. So we can unpack this sure. offline. I didn't know that. Off mic. That's you didn't cool. know that. We talked about Bourdain before. Yeah, I know. But I didn't realize the connection at the origin state. But have you thought about this sort of um, waiting room concept in regards to Bourdain's either suicide or accidental death? We're not sure. I definitely thought about when when I learned of that news, mm. I thought about his philosophy and he was, I don't know. He's just always in such a rush to be living. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he was in a rush for that next thing and then mm. rush. 
I don't know what he was in a rush for. Rush meaning like impatient or rush meaning like a desire, euphoria. Yeah, a desire to experience and, mm. and the euphoric feeling of the experiencing the next thing. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to... Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a dangerous road, you know? I mean, I, I think that that's... I don't know. I'm not I'm not one to really speak on that. Mm. And I think it's, it's devastating, that choice. And I wish he had so much more he could share with us. Did you... When you were in Vietnam, wasn't it? We, we talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago that Bourdain had that kind of very special experience there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I watched a few of his episodes before leaving to go on the trip. I will say, biggest eye-opening moment for me wasn't Vietnam. I mean, Korea was amazing because mm-hmm. it's just the capital of golf in Asia. Yeah, some questions about that, the screen golf stuff. Yeah, that was cool for sure. Um, but biggest cultural, like, wow, mm-hmm. Bulgaria. Thracian cliffs. Yeah. Well, we had actually. It's pronounced Thracian. Thracian. They call it Thracian the whole time. Yeah. I was calling it Thracian, uh-huh. Thracian, Thracian. I don't fucking know. Well, now we know. It's Thrac. It's Thrac. You got to go Thracian. there to find out. Yeah. Um, well, what's funny is so we that course is super remote. Mm-hmm. It's like Bandon of Bulgaria. That would be a great title. Bandon of Bulgaria. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> Five stars. Bob, get in here. So. Um, but we had uh, we had a layover already. We had an eight-hour layover in Sofia, the capital of Bulgaria, mm-hmm. two million people. And while we were talking to the owner of Thracian Cliffs, I said, I've got a layover tomorrow. It's eight hours. And he was like, what are you going to go do? And I was like, I have no plans. And he's like, let me take care of it for you. So he sends a car. The car takes us to a hotel. They're like, you know, hey, you can put your stuff down. You're here just for the day. No charge. There's a spa. Um, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to talk to a tour guide. They're like, great, we'll have one here in an hour. So this tour guide, Philip, comes, and we spend the whole day with Philip. Um, he tells us all about, you know, the difficulties that Bulgaria's faced transitioning out of communism. Fascinating story. They, Bulgaria was on the wrong side of... The Iron Curtain, yeah. Yeah, World War II. They were mm-hmm. on Hitler's side. Um, they were in the USSR. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like they were on the wrong side of World War One. I. I mean, it's just everything was like bad luck for Bulgaria. And they're probably one of the countries that is struggling the most, you know, there's, there's a lot of problems that we uncovered that are going to make it into the episode, which I'm really proud of. Wow. That's a, that's Bourdain. That's yeah. Yeah. I'm really proud of the, the, what I, I, I look, I, I don't know if I'm proud of the episode yet. Cause I haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm fucking stoked on the experience of going there. And I was just like, man, tour guides are the shit. Number one. Mm-hmm. And we just walked around with him and then we went to the airport for our flight. So you could have just stayed in a spa for eight hours but instead you went with the tour guide around the city oh you know we hustled we like yeah. moved around yeah. simon brought the camera and um but here's the funny thing is that we got to the airport for our flight to vietnam my visa didn't go through oh my God. did you know this no you didn't actually, know this actually uh simon yesterday was like hey did you hear that there, we had some troubles in bulgaria because I, I golfed with simon our director of photography yeah um he did not tell me the story though you had v- you, your visa. Yeah, didn't I got go to the through? airport. Our flight was at five p.m. We got oh to the airport God. at three. Is that why you like, stayed longer in Bulgaria? Yeah, I didn't have a choice. I I didn't know they were like, "You need a visa," and I was like, "I have a visa," and they're like, "It's not." It says processing. I was like, "Why does it say processing?" Like I didn't. We have a producer. Yeah. That's I was just. Cool. I did what I needed to do three weeks ago, and it didn't. It didn't go through. Okay. So then I I was. What like, do you do? You go to the embassy. What do you do? Well, I called our contact in Vietnam and I was like, I need some help. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it's late here. I don't think we can turn this around. Normally it takes three to five business days to get the visa to go through. Look, Australia, 
you can get a visa in 10 minutes. Yeah, just online, right? Yeah, and like some Vietnamese airports, you can get a visa on arrival, but not where we were landing, not the airport that we were coming into. Okay. So we looked into changing our flight. I mean, it was, a, honestly, it was the maddest I got on the whole trip. Like, I was like, this is a, an absurd waste. Now, once you get over the anger of anything, sure, you come into the situation where you're like, let's make the best of it. So we get back in the car, we go back into Bulgaria, to get back back into Sofia, we go to the hotel, and what do we do? We have a great night. We stay out till like two in the morning. Our flight's at five. We didn't sleep. We go to this bar in Bulgaria. We meet like uh, a. We actually met a Vietnamese Bulgarian girl. Of course, you did. And her friend who was from England, and another friend who was from Denmark. Yeah. And we all just went around together and just walked around Bulgaria, and it was kind of like the Breakfast Club, but at night. <laughs> Don't you forget about me. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that that was definitely a highlight of the trip that will not make it on camera. That is a roller coaster of an oh, evening. I remember looking at your so on Instagram, yeah, you were posting like twelve stories about the communist regime. Oh yeah. In Bulgaria. And I was like, Oh, something something's different going on in this <laughs> one. <laughs> we're pivoting. <laughs> yeah. It was so beautiful to walk around. I think that for me was one of the things is like so there were three countries that I'd never visited on this trip, Finland, Bulgaria, and Vietnam. And for me, Bulgaria was the most interesting because I just felt really lucky because it's like, here's the thing. You're not going to go to Bulgaria. I'll tell you right now. You're not going to go. You don't think I'm going to Bulgaria? No. I've always wanted to go to Sofia. You're not going. Why? Because look, I get off on all the, the culture, history. Yeah, but there's another, there's another post-communist country you're going to go to first. Yeah, but I've already done. What have you done? I've already done Hungary. You've done Hungary? I've done. You've done Budapest? Yep. I've yeah, done, done um, Prague, I've done Czech, Czech, yeah, Czech, okay. yep. So, by the way, those are it's a different story. I would think you'd be doing Romania, Serbia, Croatia. Yeah, well, I I would love to go see some Euroleague basketball over there. Check yeah. out my good Nikola Nikola Jokic. I'd love to go to Lithuania. Look, I'm young. I want to go to all of. Okay, okay so I you're probably, gonna get a backpack and you're just gonna whip around. I, that's how I would want to do it. Yeah. yeah, that's what you gotta yeah. do. Now, but I, the thing is, you go to all these countries, they sort of blur together. That is such a good point. I had that same feeling when I was uh, leaving undergrad. And I was deciding what I wanted to do next. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, just giving some different ideas. And I listed a bunch of different places. They're like, well, just do all of them. Like take a couple of years yeah. and just go. And I was like, no, what I want to do is I want to live in a couple of different places. Yeah. Like I want to, I want to know where the grocery store is. Yeah. Buy groceries. Yeah. I want to like have to deal with the actual problems. Yeah. Go for a run. Have there. Get a transit card. Yeah. I'll say I was a bit embarrassed because I've, I've been to Japan five times. I've been to Korea once. Mm -hmm. We went back to Korea this time and I found myself, I obviously haven't been back to Asia now in two and a half years. Um, I found myself in Korea flickering into memories of Japan, of Tokyo. Really? And I, it was interesting to me because I was like, ah, I don't want that. Like, yeah. I, like, why, like, and, but at the same time, I mean, it's almost like the true sommelier can decipher like a grape from like sure. around the corner. So it was, it was an interesting learning experience. And that's why I bring up like Eastern Europe being a very interesting opportunity as a traveler because you're going someplace that's essentially challenging, right? There's not a lot of English. Um, it's not readily available. Like, I mean, you go to Italy and it's like, cool, done. Pasta, yeah. bread. Mc McDonald's. Yeah, ocean, pizza, beach, mm -hmm. happy vibes. Everyone speaks English. Everyone speaks English. A lot of Americans, whatever. If you're ever feeling, it's like um, it's like a video game where if you you get to test your limits. Yeah. But if you ever want to pull back, you're like, okay, and now I'm surrounded by people and I know what's going on. Yeah. And I see a I when I was in Italy, 
If I ever needed to, I could look around and find a UT logo somewhere. Like someone had a Longhorn on, <laughs> without a doubt. Right. Also, wow. wherever you're traveling, in a lot of places in Europe, you can always find an Australian. That's true. And if everywhere. you can find an Australian, you're fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because just grab them. You're like, take take me in. Aussies are good traveling companions. But I'm guessing in a place where it, in, people aren't going to speak English to you. Oh, no, I didn't see any. Yeah. You didn't see any Australians? No, I didn't see any. I didn't see any Westerners. Yeah. So that's a different traveling experience. No. What One of the things we did see in Bulgaria in Sofia, which was really interesting, was um, the first McDonald's in the- Bulgaria, which had a line around the block when it when it was opened up after mm-hmm. the Berlin Wall came down. This is like early 90s. Sure. And apparently one burger or like a Happy Meal cost like a two week salary or something. It's crazy. Anyway, whatever. This will hopefully make it into the episode. The Bulgarian episode, I think, I think could be sleeper. Sleeper. Could be a sleeper. For episode of the year. Sleeper gem. If we do it right. I don't know. Uh, we just might have watched episode of the year. We did just watch a rough cut of the Iona episode. Yeah. Which was also very good. But we're not. What, do we, what, how long are we going? Do we need to take a break? Uh, yeah, we could take a break. You're yeah. the producer. You tell me what to do. I'm telling you we're taking a break. We'll be right back. LinkedIn. Aw, snap. Simon's on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Are you on LinkedIn, Simon? Yeah, me too. I use it. You ever meet any people on LinkedIn? LinkedIn mingle. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fryer on all cylinders. What is this copy? LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. What do you look for in hiring a candidate? What values and ideals are important to you? That's a great question. Usually, uh, you want someone who gives a shit. That's number one. Okay, moving on. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond. The world's largest professional network for over 810 million people. Can you imagine that? You know how many people live in Bulgaria? 10 million. That's 80 Bulgarias of people looking for work. That's crazy, dude. Imagine 80 Bulgarias, dude. That's almost a billion. When are they going to get to a billion? Let's. Here's. I've got a mission. Let's get LinkedIn to a billion people. I know how many people are listening to this podcast, and that's not enough. <laughs> we need 190 million people. Maybe Rogan's pod. Anyway, simple tools like screening questions, they make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one. So anyway, you're going to go to linkedin.com slash EAL show. So linkedin.com slash EAL show and post your job for free. Don't go there and type in linkedin.com slash EAL show. Hire me. Do you, do you have any actual questions though? Yeah, I've I got questions. I'm a thinker. I'm an interrogator. This is this is um I actually thought of you many times during the trip because I was like you would fucking love this. What just like the explore, exploration and especially you're going to do political I didn't know you were going to go into political histories of countries. I had to. Uh, well, and you know what's crazy too is we did four episodes on this trip. Mm-hmm. We did an episode in Finland masquerading as Sweden. Cool. Another did, another exclave episode, right? Exclave, exactly. Yeah. Then we did three episodes that all have a lot in common. What? Okay, give me the uh, Bulgaria, parallels. Vietnam, Korea. 
Bulgaria, Vietnam, Korea. Are we talking about places where uh, there's been political turmoil and civil war? Deeper. Okay. A uh, a there's something very specific in common, and it's one word. Is it communism? Yeah. Okay. So Vietnam used to be north and south. Mm-hmm. Korea used to be just one. Sure. And you know Bulgaria. So all these countries were post-communist. I mean, North Korea still is communist. Yeah. But but it's really interesting how. All of them, uh, I mean, I I have never been to any of these countries. My only understanding is is through books, but they all have very different reactions to their communist regimes, yeah? What do you mean? Like um, Korea, obviously, has completely adopted an American model of like uh, how their market works. Of capitalism, yeah. And even a lot, their, how their like political system works. Yeah. And then... Vietnam is in this fugue state, like this this place where there's there's still cultural and national tension between the sympathizers, mm-hmm. which is now and and this this complete belief in faith um, in the future progress of the world. Yeah, and then Bulgaria is still in like a Eastern European bloc. Yeah, so especially right now is currently embroiled in an Eastern European war. Yeah. So you're, it's just like three different life cycles. It's so crazy. They're all in different stages. Like Korea, I looked at it from a slightly different perspective. Cause I know, I feel like I know a little less about this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you graduated at the top of your class. From <laughs> like a great school. Okay. Yeah, you, did. you did. What did you get? You had some honors. Yeah. But we, we do this all the time. You overstate <laughs> it. I was a fine student, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. You were there. It was like, it's like Where the scene I? in Good... You were oh, all these places. Place. It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, in Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. When Robin Williams is talking to Matt Damon and Matt Damon's like being a smart ass and Robin Williams is like, yes, but have you ever smelled the Sistine Chapel? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, you can't replace actual experience. That's good. That's a good point. Yeah. I have been in the Sistine Chapel. Wait, does that count as a country? No, that's not a country, is it? Vatican City? Yeah. yeah. Nation state. Yeah. I don't think it's a country though. It's a nation state. So it, it's sovereign. You know what I was surprised? I thought Singapore was the capital of Malaysia, but Singapore is also its own country. Yeah. Simon and I, I need to update Simon on this. Simon thinks Singapore is the capital of Malaysia? Yeah. You got to get it. You got to get that through his head. You know, he's going to make a mistake one day. Not get the right visa. He doesn't want to. He's, he's going to be in the. Hot topic. He's going to be stuck Hot somewhere. D. Hot D. Meow. Um, can't do meow. That can't be it. It's like, I'm not going <laughs> to purr like a cat. It's fucking so stupid. Um, hey, I know, but. For me, it was interesting because we went in order. Bulgaria, Vietnam, Korea. Korea, clearly, financially, you know, a very advanced country. A lot of export, a lot of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just tell the shit is fucking working there. Doesn't seem like a ton of um, corruption. Going to the beginning, Bulgaria. <laughs> okay, whatever. I don't know, obviously. Um, Bulgaria, like, struggling... You know, uh, no real export of any major kind, trying to get into tourism, a lot of corruption, not a lot of education. Vietnam, okay, in between, right in the middle, like like becoming a golf destination for the world, really getting into tourism, taking in outside money to build infrastructure and to build like new airports and like, you know, people are very happy and open and warm and welcoming, Mm -hmm. whereas like, you know, it's Bulgaria. They don't want to talk to you because they're just like, get the fuck out of my country. In Korea, they're like, they don't want to talk to you because there's like, 
such an intensely intact culture of locals that it's hard for them to open up to an outsider. I found that in Korea, we went out at the end to this neighborhood that's, I guess, like the Brooklyn of Seoul. Okay. It's like trendy. Yeah, dude. It was great. And for the first time, I saw like some foreigners. I saw like some dudes from Austin. Sure. Like some white dudes. And I was like, what are you guys doing? I didn't go up to them because I was like, get out of my shit. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean, like I'm trying to be like mm-hmm. really in this, which was funny in and of itself, right? Like, why does that matter? But I found it was funny because later I was talking to my friend who was taking us around and I was like, Tyler, like, what are, is it, are they, are they tourists? And I was, he's like, no, no, they're English teachers. They come in to teach English. And I was like, oh, and then we were joking about like, I was like talking, I was like, can you, how would one culturally speaking, can you just go up to a girl? Like, do they speak English? Like, can you just go up to a girl and be like, hey, like, whatever. And he's like, uh, not really, because she's going to think you're an English teacher. Oh my God. And I was like, oh, so maybe my opening line is, hi, nice to meet you, America. I'm not an English hi, teacher. Hi, I'm not an English teacher. <laughs> and I actually, as a joke later, we ended up talking to this girl who was, we were yeah. talking about, like, something else. And I was like, hey, just so you know, I'm not an English teacher. And, ever, and she laughed. And it was interesting how, anyway, like, just. The progression. It, it was an interesting progression, exactly, is what I was trying to say. Well, I'm so tempted then, but I, I don't want to draw the parallels that aren't there. But did you have that same experience with the golf? Because externally, like the Thracian cliffs is it's, it's, it seems almost mythological. Like it seems like it's something that's set into the rock and then Vietnam, you're working with night golf, crazy things. And then in Korea, what it's underground. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a great point, right? So, so obviously if you're listening to this, you're obviously going to be tuning in for adventures in golf. And this won't spoil anything, but to, to compare the three locations, right? So like Bulgaria, when you play golf, there's only four golf courses, maybe five. Five in the country of in Bulgaria? In the country, yeah. And within that, they are all built after, they're all post-communist. They're all built since 1995 or something. That's like the newest one. And here's the thing. I will go back to Bulgaria and play all the courses. No doubt in my mind. You're going to do the Bulgarian and Rota? Ba- well... <laughs> I would do an Eastern European unexp- un, un, unofficial. Unofficial unofficial diary to the Eastern European bloc. Yeah. Courses. Totally. Croatia, Serbia, I mean, all these countries. You sold me. If you're out there and you're a prospective partner and want to get your name on that, hit us up. Bulgarian Airways, we're talking to you. Not a bad airline. Let's they give away chocolate. Free chocolate? Um. Okay, well, that's Bulgaria. So, like, you feel like in Bulgaria playing golf because you're on these limestone cliffs heading into the Black Sea, and there's just, like, these ancient shrubs and bushes that are just, like, they're just, like, growing. There's trees growing out of a vertical cliff, and you Mm -hmm. just see, like, the Romans. Yeah, you see Odysseus climbing up that shit. Yeah, you see fucking um, Dorn. Yep. Is that where... Wait, didn't they film some of it in Bulgaria? Oh, that's a great question. I don't know. Uh, they should have if they didn't. I don't think they did. Keep going. It'd be a hard location to film in. Keep Actually, going. they do film um, some like spy movies in Sofia. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And then Dubrovka is in Romania. Oh, this is not. This is not a place for me to just start. You're talking about Dob- Dobresh or Dobrek? I'm talking about that's in Bulgaria. Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik. That's um, I don't know what country. That's, that's where King's Landing it was. Really? Yeah. You well tell, tell me about tell me about thra- tracking otherwise like is Thracian. it a great course Thracian the course is amazing but but obviously the course is amazing but the 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 feeling was one of an ancient pilgrimage that um you know 
that the Romans had walked through some centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries ago. And then in, and so, so the, it wasn't really about the golf as much. I mean, the golf is pound for pound. It's amazing. Um, will you go there to play? I hope so. Um, but I also doubt it. I doubt you will. We did meet some American military guys that were there. Really? Coming down from Romania. I mean, we were only 100 or 200 miles from the Ukrainian border. Yeah, I remember telling you about that right before yeah. you went and being like, hey. The American military guys. They, first of all, they wouldn't admit that they were in the military. I was like, guys, I see the buzz cut. <laughs> like, I know you're in the military. They're like, fine. I was like, are we good? I'm like, we're good. <laughs> we're good. You know how military guys is like, we're good. Meanwhile, they just get, shh. Anyway, what, what, what did you find? Uh, yeah. The, they filmed Game of Thrones in Bulgaria too. Really? The um, do you remember the Tower of Sadness? I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Tower of Sadness, Bulgaria. No shit. Yeah, I believe that. Where um, what, no spoilers if you haven't seen Game G of Thrones. O Get on it. Got D. Um, so uh, and then in Vietnam, the golf is like uh, resorts. The Vietnam story though is mostly about the the culture of golf is fun and friendly. And it's mostly for Koreans. The mostly Korean tourists go Mo to Vietnam. Yeah, that's the that's the primary customer of golf in in Vietnam. And the currency goes the right way for them. For everybody. For everybody. I mean, yeah. in order to buy like, what's a round it, cost in Vietnam? What a round? Oh, that's a great question. I didn't ask. I, I don't ever ask that question for sure. some reason. Because you're you're not usually paying for a round, yeah. No, I mean, it's my job, right? Yeah, so, no, like, 100%. I'm, I'm working. I agree with you, yeah. But yeah, I don't. I, I usually forget to ask that question. I, I should like, maybe ask that more I feel often. like that's an important question. You really? Know? Why? Because when I'm, as someone who would like want to go to Vietnam to play golf, yeah. well, that's one of the first questions I'd want to ask. Is how much is it? How much am I going to pay to yeah. play golf? Well, because you know you have to fly there first and then get a cab and go to the hotel. So you already you just spent $1,500 right there. Yeah, well, that's almost like the sunk cost. Yeah, that is sunken. <laughs> You're not getting that money back. <laughs> <laughs> I was most jealous of the Vietnam stuff, I think. The Why? night I love night golf. Oh my god, that's dude. All I want to do. When the lights turn on and you can finish the round? Yeah. That's that was all unbelievable. I want. They I, have it in Korea too, actually. I bought um I bought a bunch of LED golf balls recently. Oh, cool. Like different brands to try them out. Yeah. Um and I settled on one that I kind of like. Are you doing a review? Yeah, I'm just You should do an online review. You, you should do a YouTube video. You, you haven't seen my channel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jojo orientations. Um no, uh uh, just because I, I always get to the end of a round. We, I play a lot of sunset rounds. Yeah. And I want to finish like the hole at least or Dude, finish respect, nine. respect, man. You're yeah. getting your money's worth. That glow-in-the-dark ball is earning you money. 100%. And so I played a bunch of night golf in the last couple of weeks. Okay. So I like I went and visited my um, my dad and we played a little bit. Okay, cool. Um, And I and we were coming to the end. We, we love a sunset round. And then I was like, he was like, we got to go back. And I was like, do we? Yeah, ball on the ground. Done. And so... Uh, when I was watching that content and of course having Stu there too, how much fun, how much fun is when the lights come on and you're like, oh, okay, playground's still open. It feels like you had a near-death experience and then they were like, let's give him another five years. <laughs> let's, let's tax him on. And those five years, you know what you do? What? Whatever you want. Fuck. The rules are rewritten, you know? Yeah. You can play golf at night. You're you can see anything. Yeah, you're just like, I want to be what character now? Jon Snow, who can be over you. I don't know if I'd want to be Jon Snow. What would um? What was your best uh, shot of the trip? Do you have one that stands out? Best shot, honestly, that shot that I posted from from Ulan's with the little par three. That mm -hmm. was one of the better shots. 
all I uh, know at the at Hoi Anna Shores we played, which is what considered one of the best courses in Vietnam right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a par five, 18th hole. Stuart and I were playing a match against the golf course. I hit a 390 yard drive oh, on 18. Come on. Fuck you. We only birdied it, but. 390 yards. 390 yards. Yeah, I don't. I was downhill. I got a good bounce. It better but like, be downhill. I mean, I fucking roasted. Yeah. It. it was downwind. Yeah, I mean, it was it was all in all, dude. I can't wait. I, my biggest feeling about the whole trip was like, okay, we need to come up with a way to sustainably go on these trips and film more content and mm-hmm. be on the road longer and like incorporate more people into the you know camera experience. I think that I more think, meetups. I, I think that this season. Of adventures in golf which if you haven't checked out by the way new episode dropped uh pretty recently about yep. the london ladies and you can see that golf henge um and new episodes coming soon including a little trip into the internet no um no spoilers uh i feel like you're trying a lot of things and i'm now i'm really excited for bulgaria and to oh, wait, see speaking of trying things did have, did did you talk to simon about the bulgaria episode i mean the last time, the last thing I heard about the creative development of this series was that it's in black and white. So. Black and white. No, it's not. No fucking way. <laughs> it's not the artist. No. <laughs> I didn't watch the artist. I know you're talking about that. You got you. You decided to go to Europe and become Orson Welles in Vienna. What's going on we're gonna, with you? We're gonna do. We're gonna do it in black and white, and it's all voiceover. Is this true? There's are, three interviews that are all like. Here's the thing, too. It's like in the interviews, mm-hmm. since I knew what we were doing. I like don't even ask questions. It's so weird, dude. It's gonna be. I didn't even like do the intro. Like a stream of consciousness. I didn't even do on? the intro. Has does Scratch know this? It, no. This is amazing. In the intro, I just walk and hit a golf shot, and in my head, I'm saying. So I'm telepathically communicating to you. Okay. Hi, I'm Eric. Yeah. <laughs> this is Adventures in Golf. <laughs> it's a Ronin shot. It looks very similar. I mean, I bet it looks amazing. If and Simon does such a good job. Hey, what was it like? This is a question for you. Uh, Simon, director of photography, so talented, good at his job. Um, very young. What was it like filming with Simon and Stuart, someone who's done? Did you feel like it was like an old Adventures of Golf and a new Adventures in Golf feel to those shoots? To have like someone who you did the first couple seasons with and someone you've done the most recent seasons with working together like that? Do you have any moments where you're like, wow, like we've been doing this for a long time? You know what's funny? What what was coming up for me? I mean, you raised a good point, right? Because mm-hmm. Stuart was there going back to, I think, season three. Mm-hmm. And Simon and Stuart had never done an episode together because Stuart's last episodes were um, like Morocco. Yeah. Season five. So season, sorry, season four. Because Simon's done three seasons now, right? Yeah. So yeah. season five, six, and seven were all done during COVID, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> it was interesting because um, that didn't come up that much. But what did come up was, for me, how much we've all changed. Really? Yeah. Right? Because like, Simon and I have been working together for three years. I haven't really worked with Stuart in three years. And so it was interesting because like, it's like, it's like, um, you you know that scene in Jackass where he's getting the tattoo in the um, demolition derby? Yeah. It's like, that's how we like, I think, 
I think I think that's how messy understanding change is in life. Okay. Right? It's like it's like it's happening in the moment, and mm-hmm. you're also trying to gain an understanding of the constellation of like a person or a or a relationship. Because even I mean, like it's like quantum theory almost. Like a person isn't a thing. It's yeah. a thing to you. Yeah. And and uh, what Eric is saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is in quantum theory, um, you can't really know something because it's changing as soon as you know it. The act of observation yeah, changes, changes, changes yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So even just going and observing Stuart, it changes Stuart. And so it was really interesting to be like, wait, and it's like, oh, like he's changed. I've changed. Simon's changed. The videos have changed. The world has changed. And that that was really, if you're asking like what, it wasn't like, oh, it, it didn't, it felt like Adventures in Golf was a thing. We, we talked a lot about um, Theseus's ship. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll do it real quick. So Theseus, uh, a king of uh, Athens, uh, he goes to slay the Minotaur. And he comes back with a ship with black sails by accident. His father um, sees the black sails and, and jumps to his death off the Aegean cliffs. And that's why it's called the Aegean Sea. Um, and then Theseus becomes king. And Theseus wants to, in some versions of the story, he wants to keep the Argo, which is the ship that Jason has. But in other versions, it's that same ship. He wants to keep it in memoriam to his entire experience in life. So every time a board rots in the ship, he has it replaced. And then the mast uh, rots and he has it replaced and the sails tatter, so he has them replaced. And 60 years go by and every single component of the ship has been replaced. And a philosopher comes to Theseus and says, is this still the same ship? Now that each of its components are, are new or different, even if the form as a whole remains indivisible from the, the original vessel. In the in the story, Theseus cuts off his head, kills the philosopher. <laughs> but fair, <laughs> dick move. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're yeah. thinking. Go ahead, walk me through the. Uh, well, it's like it. you know, at, at this point, even you know, like if everything about you know, because we even did the Bulgarian episode, which is the closest we got to the Aegean Sea, perhaps. Um, we didn't even do the same intro. Mm-hmm. So, is it even adventures in golf yeah. anymore? Right, like everyone's changed. I mean, the only thing that's the same, I guess, is me. But even on a cellular level, it's been seven years. So I'm mathematically speaking, I am not the same Eric cellularly. Deep cut from Eric. It does take seven years for your cells to replenish. Unbelievable. You're operating on a whole new level. This man hasn't slept in days and he's still going. You should see my whoop data. (laughs) It's it's gone from green to yellow to red to pink. It's Um, flashing. But yeah, no, I mean, like that, that for me was the biggest takeaway is like, we have now on the seventh season, yeah, like come full circle and it will likely be the last season. You know, I said it last week. You never know. It's very likely that it'll Mm -hmm. be the last season. We'll still continue to do documentary and travel content. Like that'll never stop. Well, maybe, maybe there'll be more freedom in the stories you'll be able to tell longer or shorter or anything. That would be good. Yes. You know, and but 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 really, yeah, being there with this pair or this trio, you know, trio of us, and just being like, yeah, wow, like, you know, it's 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 all changed so much. And I mean, you know, like season six, we pushed so hard mm-hmm. to make the episodes as great as we possibly could. Like, and I remember I was like going through a lot of, um, you know, real like painstaking um, 
moments within the yeah. post-production process. I remember you texting me once and being like, you were, you were going through VO and you were like, I can't do this in this amount of time. Like it was, yeah. Pal- I think it was Palm beach. Yeah. Right? And then, um, and then, yeah, didn't you reach out? You were like, Oh yeah, we, we can bought make, extra time. We can make this better. Yeah. We didn't buy it with money. We bought it with demands. Yep. <laughs> I just said I can't do this anymore. But yeah, and so season seven is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It's a bit, I, one of my goals on this season was to make it more, honestly, to make it more enjoyable to film and to be a part of. Yeah. And so hopefully that comes across in the content because we are having more fun in the edits and in the episodes on the ground. And, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I, it's just to answer that question, it was definitely like, oh, wow, like, what, what is this show now with perspective? And I think on some level it does need to end. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, okay, everyone's like, oh, can you keep going? We can always keep going. But when should you stop? Yeah. I mean, Game of Thrones, man, like when you're done, like make sure you end it right. You know, don't, don't limp through a final. You're saying they should have ended on season seven also? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying season four, you know, just cliffhanger, oh, wow. cliffhanger Sopranos. Well, winter Did- is good. Ki- <laughs> winter's coming tv goes did, did it break no it's just a night battle in winterfell yeah um Oof. the uh i'm i'm really excited to see these episodes uh the trip looked fantastic the one to watch is bulgaria in my head uh, it's the one i'm most excited Dude, to I see have so many for. notes on bulgaria should i play one random bulgarian voice note yeah just just drop a voice note in here let's see what happens meanwhile i was um i was golfing up in martha's vineyard Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Sounds nice. It was very nice. Uh, my childhood course that my dad and I would play like in the summer, we, we went back and played at farm neck, which is wonderful course, but we were staying out in Chappaquiddick. Oh, nice. Uh, for the weekend. And, uh, we, there was a course out there that's definitely an AIG course. It's called right. Royal and ancient Chappaquiddick links. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And Did you post from there. Uh, I don't think so. No. Okay. No, I was pretty offline. Um, and, uh, and I went in, I had bought my dad one of the RGC, um, the white colorway walking bags. Oh, nice. Because it's, it's nine hole. It's like very Ionesque in the sense that like the, they're barely cut. It's weird because it's right on the this eroded area of cliff. So it's sand strewn. So it's almost linksy in this weird way to be in the vineyard. Um, little holes walk in there. They immediately recognize the bag. Yeah. And they're like, oh, cool. Random golf club. And I'm like, yeah, 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 you know, name drop a couple of things. They're like, you know, we love AIG. I was like, yeah, actually the AIG crew is out there right now. I'm not with them. I'm just um, relaxing here, but I always like to keep my, my eye out on courses. You never know. Yeah. They're like, yeah, play here for free all week, please. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> who, who helped you out at the pro shop? Do you remember their names? Yeah, it was um, uh, shout out to David, who was wearing a, um, a uh, US Open 2022 Brookline hat. Let's so, go, David. Nice, easy TCC action there. Didn't play golf, but his like grand great grandfather started the course. Dude, let's uh let's go back and say hi to David. Let's do a full like reflex. It's I'll show you some photos after this podcast. Okay, it's the real deal, and it's my favorite logo of any golf course. Oh, I love that. What's ever. the logo? It's a it's a blackbird with a little crown on it, eighteen eighty seven next to it. That's clean. Yeah, that's clean. When it, it was established. Yeah. All right. In closing, I'm going to play, I'm going to see if I can play an audio message from Bulgaria. Let's see. We got to talk about uh, communism and we got to do some research on that because <laughs> I think we, we've never done an episode in a 
post, formerly post communist country. And, um, oh, this is I me on the golf cart. And in fact, it'd be interesting to know how this, many other countries from the Eastern Bloc have. This is before I went to I Sofia. Mean, I I've actually played golf in Russia, and I know that it was, you know, it's, it's the same in Bulgaria. Like, golf, the first golf course here started in, like, I would imagine it's like 90s, you know what I mean? Because whenever communism ended in the 80s, um, this is going to be interesting. Um, anyway, we got We definitely gotta talk about that. Fucking hell! <laughs> I can't believe you randomly selected that one. So you were saying that even thirty years later. This is interesting. Thirty-three years later, and Bulgaria. Oh, this is Philip, our tour guide. Well, they're stuck in Serbia. They're stuck in North Macedonia. A bit better in Romania, but around there. So roughly. Macedonia. And they are. Still in the post-socialist transition period. That's what he's calling it. That's the term. Post-socialist transition period. Oh, towns and villages within Bulgaria. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So less Sofia. Sofia is more advanced. It's the capital. Yeah, yeah. This does feel a bit more, like, culturally uh, familiar, I would say, a tiny bit, right? You can say that. It's more yeah. advanced, for sure. Yeah, but... Uh, and then, so, let's go... Um, I wonder, Simon, could you get just some B-roll of this green awning? I don't even want to tell the story, but, Bob, you're going to see this B-roll of this green awning, which just comes right oh. after the green tram in the town square here with Philip. That was the first McDonald's, mm -hmm. and it was from 1995. And at the time, the line was how long? Hours? Four men next to each other. Yeah, four wide. The line, for about, the line was like uh, 100 feet or well, 200 feet long. Four wide. Short par three, waiting for a Big Mac, <laughs> which cost the equivalent of two thirds of the average salary. Two of thirds. One burger. Maybe that's a week. It's got it. Now. Like a copy of that. Yeah. Would be something like a tenth of the average salary. Okay, so you were paying more for the McDonald's burger. And so, and so, that's a symbol, though. The, the, of what? Oh, it's the symbol of the the new say capitalistic or new market economy coming along right and it's something it's a novelty you've only been hearing about that we never learned about it you right. never knew the but taste. the problem is is that mcdonald's came but all they did was take and probably a lot of businesses did whereas because you were saying one of the well you said one of the biggest problems is that you know i hate businesses <laughs> season eight businesses. brought to you by the golden <laughs> arches I, yeah i will say you know who one of my heroes is uh roy crock alex gibney <laughs> do you know alex gibney no you never seen um, uh, that Netflix series, the docu series on Netflix, where he goes after, um, you know, uh, Volkswagen. No, oh, I, I dirty mean, money. I'm, I'm familiar. Yeah, dirty money. I'm familiar with the. Uh, I never watched it. That to me is the pinnacle of using <laughs> cinema, like investigative journalism. Yeah, muckrecky. Yeah, I want to do that. Let's do it. I want to do that. There's a lot to do that in golf. We could do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if it's like golf, really. I think it's like bigger. But but basically speaking, yeah, I think the most evil things in the world are businesses. That's pretty much my take. I would say that the most evil things in the world are inhumane. Are, are, are inhumane? You mean the, the, the concept of being inhumane, of being a... Like what I think is so evil about so many businesses is that institutionally they're inhumane. Yeah. Like they're not, they're governing interests are not human. They're, they're not financial. capable of, they're not capable of empathy. Yeah. They're not capable of contrition. They're not capable of remorse. 
I agree. And I think that's like what makes a business. Yeah. And you may. All right. Well, the, nice wow. end on a high note. Um, <laughs> hey, I got a golf joke. If you want to end a golf joke, you know, the, I love golf do you know the Stevie Wonder uh, Tiger Woods golf joke? Uh, no, but tell me again. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Tell me. I'll tell you and you can tell yeah, me. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, yeah. This so, is going to be exciting. So, T- so Stevie Wonder and Tiger Woods are at a charity function. Yeah. You know, these things happen. And, uh, <laughs> I think I remember the punchline. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Stevie Wonder, um, Tiger goes up to him and says, Stevie, how's the singing going? And Stevie's like, oh, you know, it's fine. It's, it's actually going really well. Um, how's the golf going? Tiger's like, yeah, I'm actually in a bit of a slump right now. I, I just can't seem to turn my driver over. See if he goes, oh, no, you just got to work in your pronation. Like a lot of problems that I have in my own swing are that I'm just not really able to, to turn through. So, so I just move the ball a little bit in my stance and Tiger cuts him off. He's like, you golf? Steve's like, yeah, I golf. Everybody golf. I love golf. And Tiger says, so I'm sorry. Do you mind me asking? Like, how do you golf? And Stevie says, well, it's, it's, a lot of people wonder this. Um, my caddy, I work with someone who, who points the ball where to go and, and tells me where to aim and actually lines the face up. And so it's just me and my swing. And Tiger's like, well, I would love to play golf with you. And Stevie Wonder thinks about a second, digests digest it and says, I don't know. I really only play for money. You know, like we could do a match, $10,000 minimum. I really only play for money. Tiger's like, you know who I am. I'm sorry. Do you like, I will do this. And Stevie's like, yeah, let's do, let's do a match. And Tiger's like, okay, when do you want to play? Stevie says, pick any night. <laughs> Meet me at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Meet me at midnight on the course. <laughs> night putting. Yeah. I have my, heard that one. That's a good one. That's, that's my, that's my golf yeah. joke. There's a, there's some good golf jokes out there. You have one. Um, I don't have one on me now. There's some good ones out there. Yeah, we should we should include that in the show more though. We like it should be someone's responsibility to come in with a golf <laughs> joke. Someone he's looking at me. Right in your golf <laughs> jokes. Um no, but but uh let's talk about let's watch let's watch uh let's watch Dirty Money. Yeah. Watch an episode. I'll watch Dirty Money. Yeah. It shows up on my Netflix um recommendation. It wants you to watch it. Time, yeah. Netflix knows that you would like it. Netflix is like, we know exactly who you are. And that's why when you go to our home screen, you just see Anna de Armas, regardless of whether or not she's in any of the movies that you're she's watching. Great. Wonderful. Marilyn Monroe coming. Soon. She's what's good for the world. <laughs> she's not a business. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to more episodes of Adventures in Golf and uh, more updates from the headquarters soon. Thanks, Jojo. Good to see you. Thank you. Great. Great having you back. Two weeks till Singapore. Please. Okay, bye.